Over the last several weeks, we have been reading from 1 Samuel ways we can have true strength, real strength that comes from God. And we're going to continue reading here in 1 Samuel chapter 26 this morning. Everyone who has ever entered an exercise program, whether you were trying to lose weight or just trying to get healthy or whatever it was that you were doing, you learned the terrible secret about exercise. You can't just do it once. (laughs) You go through the whole exercise routine and then the next day you get up and they make you do it again. (laughs) You have to do it over and over and over or it doesn't do any good. Well, the reality is, At least for me, maybe not for you, but I think this is true for most of us. If we're going to learn anything, whether it's exercise or really anything at all, we have to have that reinforced in our life. We have to hear it more than than once. I don't usually get it the first time. On about the 10th, 15th time, I start to realize, oh, okay, I get it. I understand what you're trying to say. That's why they do commercials the way that they do, uh, showing commercials not just once, but showing it over and over and over and over again, because they know you don't get it the first time. You've got to see it several times before you realize, oh, yeah, I do want to buy that kind of soda. That's what I want. It takes a while for us to finally understand what's true. Sometimes God even allows us to face the very same experience several times within our life. And the reason, well, because we didn't quite get it all the first time. We didn't fully understand it all the first time, so we needed to learn it again. That was the case for Saul and David here in 1 Samuel chapter 26. In 1 Samuel 26, an experience occurs that is almost identical to the experience that we looked at last week in 1 Samuel chapter 24. Once again... David has the chance to kill Saul, who, once again, has been trying to find David in the wilderness so that Saul can kill David. David has become uh, popular once again in the nation of Israel, and so Saul has become jealous once again, and so now, once again, he's trying to find David and kill him. And once again, David sees Saul coming is able to sneak into his camp, finds Saul there asleep. And just like we saw last week in 1 Samuel 24, here again in 1 Samuel 26, he has the opportunity to end all of this nonsense right then, right there, by taking Saul's life. But once again, David refuses to take the life of the Lord's anointed. Why does that happen? And why does it happen twice? Well, as we look at this story, we're going to story. We're going to discover two things. First of all, Saul hasn't figured this out yet, and it's not just about David not being his enemy. Saul still needs to understand that his trust has to be 100% in God. If he looks to his strength from anywhere else, from his armies, from his wealth, from his power as king, it's not going to work. He has to learn that he must solely and completely trust in the Lord. That's one reason this happens again in his life. But secondly, it happens to David too. David, though both times he knows that the best choice is to trust the Lord, this was so important that God reinforces it in his life by allowing him to go through the same experience all over again. Why? Because one day when he becomes king, he's going to need to remember this too. 
So let's take a look at this story and find out why God thought it was so important that Saul and David needed to go through this again and so important that he needed to have it in the Bible again so that we could hear this same account twice. Why is that? Let's find out. Well, first of all, the story begins almost the same way as it begins back in chapter 24. Here in chapter 26, Saul, even though he promised he would not try to kill David again, he's already become jealous of David's power, of of his ability in battle, and of his popularity with the people. So once again, Saul decides that he needs to get rid of David permanently. He takes his soldiers and he goes out into the countryside searching for where David might be. Well, David, fortunately knew that it was not real smart to take Saul at his word. He'd heard Saul's promises before. He'd seen how Saul had broken those promises before. So he didn't go back to Jerusalem after chapter 24. He stayed out in the wilderness just to kind of see what Saul was going to do. And sure enough, Saul once again comes out to try to find him. David is encamped at a place called the Desert of Sith. And Saul comes and and camps just outside of that area, but David sees him coming. He takes one of his trusted men, a man by the name of Abishai, and they they sneak into Saul's camp to try to find out exactly what it is that Saul is planning to do. And once again, just like happened in chapter 24, chapter 26, there they find Saul lying there asleep, just waiting for David to take his life. Here's how the Bible describes it in 1 Samuel 26. We're going to pick up the story in verse 7. So David and Abishai went to the army by night, and there was Saul, lying asleep inside the camp with his spear stuck in the ground near his head. Abner and the soldiers were lying around him. Abishai said to David, Today God has delivered your enemy into your hands. Now let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of my spear. I won't strike him twice. Now let's review. Saul is once again pursuing David, trying to kill him. Even though David has proven time and time again that he is completely loyal to Saul. As long as Saul is God's anointed on the throne, David is going to not only not try to kill him, but David is going to defend him. David is going to fight on his behalf. David is going to go to battle for Saul. And even though David has shown that over and over again, that he's completely loyal to God's anointed king, Saul once again is trying to kill him. And once again, David finds him defenseless, unguarded. He can end all of this with this opportunity that has fallen into his lap. And there's an added bonus. Not too long before all of this started, David was back in the palace with Saul. And you'll remember the story where Saul becomes very jealous of David. And he picks up the spear that he has there beside him and he throws it at David trying to Pin him to the wall. He misses. But now here's David and he looks and there is that same spear sitting there right beside Saul's head. Talk about poetic justice. Let's just see who's going to pin who now. But it was more than just turn around being fair play. Abishai sees this as a sign from God. He was so sure he even offers to do it for David. David wouldn't even have to lift a finger. 
God had put this in David's lap. Abishai would take care of it for him. Bada boom, bada bing. It'd be done. Just one problem. David knew this was not from God. He knew it back in chapter 24 when he was there in the cave and Saul was was there resting and he could have killed him then. He knew now this isn't what God wants. It was wrong then. It's wrong now. Here's what he says in verse 9. But David said to Abishai, don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? As surely as the Lord lives, he said, the Lord himself will strike him. Either his time will come and he will die or he will go into battle and perish. But the Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. Now get the spear and the water jug that are near his head and let's go. David knew what the circumstances were. Everything seemed to point to him taking Saul's life. And this was not the first time, this was the second time. But David knew, like we saw last week, that circumstances, though they can lead us to God's will, circumstances will never dictate God's will. That's an important distinction to realize in life. Our circumstances can help us understand God's will, but our circumstances will never supersede God's will. David understood that. And David knew that advice from his friend was not the word of God. It even sounded spiritual. Abishai puts it in religious kind of language. He says, God has handed Saul over to you. But David knew, as as valuable as our close friends can be, they don't speak for God. God's Word speaks for God. Anytime our circumstances or our friends or anything else in our life contradicts what God has already told us to do in His Word, we can know that those circumstances, those statements our friends are making, whatever it might be, they are not from God. This is. If what we're hearing, if what we're seeing doesn't match what we already know from God's Word, it's not right. David understood that. So he responds in chapter 26 the same way that he responded in chapter 24. Only this time, instead of cutting a corner off of Saul's robe, he, he, he takes a little bit step further. He, he's trying to prove to Saul that he's not there to harm him. And so he, he gets the spear and a water jug that was sitting there right by Saul's head. And they, they sneak out of the camp. They get a safe distance away and then they call out to Saul. And they show him, hey, I've got your spear. Remember the one that was right there by your head? Not there anymore. So I've got it right here. And I've got the water jug that was right there. I could have taken your life today, but I didn't. Because I wanted to prove to you one more time. I will not lay my hand on the Lord's anointed. David was willing to trust God over everything else. Over his circumstances. Over what his friends were telling him. He was willing to say, okay, this doesn't match what God's word says. And I'm going to choose to follow God's word. 
Because David knew following God's word would always be right. And we can know the same thing. God's word will always be right. Whatever decisions you face today or tomorrow or next week or next month, whenever they may come, whatever situations, whatever circumstances may come into your life, whatever things that your friends or associates may be telling you, you can know every time that God's word will always be right. And whatever decision that you're making today, if what you're hearing from others, if what your circumstances seem to be telling you, if those do not match what God's word already says, they're wrong and God's word is right every time. Now, God can and does sometimes lead through the circumstances of life. He can reveal his will through our circumstances. That's one way we can learn God's will. But what God reveals through our circumstances will never contradict the Bible. He'll never lead us in a way that goes against his word. So we can know if our circumstances are pushing us in a way that is not in accord with what God has already said in his word, we can know, wait a minute, this is, this is not God that's leading me here. God can show us his will through our friends, through our trusted friends, through our Christian friends. In fact, that's one wonderful way that God often works in our life, that often helps us to understand God's will in our life. But if what our friends are telling us does not match what God has already said in his word, they're wrong. God's word is right every time. David understood that. He learned that lesson not once but twice. And he could have avoided all kinds of pain and agony that he brings upon himself, upon his family, and upon the nation of Israel if a few years later, when he was standing on the palace roof ogling bathing beauties out around the palace, if he'd remembered, wait a minute, that's not what God's word said. If he'd just remembered the lesson that he learned, not once but twice, if he'd remembered that then, he could have saved Israel so much calamity. But that's a story for another day. Here's the thing. When you've got a question about what to do, go to God's Word. When, when you're facing one of those gray areas in life, and you wonder, well, what's really the right thing here? Go to God's Word. When you're facing something that's unfair in your life, and you wonder what you should do about it, Go to God's Word. Now sometimes you may say, well, well, I don't really know where in God's Word it talks about this particular thing that I'm, I'm, I'm going through. Here's some, some ways that you can, some tools that you can use to, to help you find those scriptures that will, will, will point you in the right direction. Uh, we live in a day where there are just some wonderful biblical tools to, to help us to find those passages that can direct us in life and help us to understand some of these things. One of them has been around for years and years and years, the, the concordance. You, know, you may have one in the back of your Bible. Usually those are a little bit incomplete but they're still very helpful. They, they sell full volumes that have literally every word in the Scripture listed and where you can find that particular word. And if you're going through something in your life, some issue has come up, some, some circumstance that you're facing and you're wanting to figure out how to deal with that, you can go to that concordance, look up some words that, that deal with the issues that you're facing. It'll direct you right to the passages of Scripture that talk about that specific issue. 
They have wonderful topical Bibles. One of the ones that's been around for years is the Naves Topical Bible, N-A-V-E, but there are several others. They, they literally have, have taken the Scripture and, and they've divided it up according to the topics that that particular passage describes. So, so if you're dealing with an area, an issue in your life, and you're wondering how you should respond to that, you can, you can go to one of those topical Bibles, look up that topic, and you'll find several scriptures listed that deal with that specific area of your life. Now, those have been around for years, but we live in an age where it makes it even easier than that. We have computer-aided software and, and apps on our, our phones and and Tablets that do wonders in in helping us find those passages of Scripture that deal directly with the things that we're looking. One of them is the YouVersion app that we use here at National Heights. We we put our sermon notes on there and then also the announcements for the week. There's a little magnifying glass on that particular app. If you just tap that magnifying glass and you just type in whatever topic, whatever issue that you're facing, whatever question is, just type that in. It'll pull up Scriptures right there that will help you deal with that particular decision in your life. Another good thing you can do is as you're having your daily devotional time, and we all need to do that, we all need to have those daily times where we're just opening the Scripture and and just reading through God's Word. I encourage you to do that. Find a plan that works for you, whether it's reading the Bible through in a year, or whether it's covering different passages, different areas of the Scripture. Just find a a way that works for you that you'll do on a consistent basis. But as you're doing that, don't just do it as something that needs to be done. Oh, I've got to have my devotional times. Oh, I've got to get through this. No, take some time to, to, to really listen to what God is saying. And as God reveals different things to you, have a little notebook right there beside you. Just write it down. Just say, wow, that's a powerful passage that I read this morning. This this is what it meant to me. Because here's what will happen. As you go through life, you'll you'll face some issues that will be directly answered by those passages of Scripture that God has already shown you. And how did that work out? Well, because God knew that you were going to face this circumstance in a week, in a month, in a year. So he showed you in your devotional time the exact answer that you needed to have. And if you write that down, you've got it right there. The point is, the Scripture can give you the answer. God's Word can tell you exactly what you need to know. And this is a lesson that that we need over and over and over again, because we need to remember this one. The voices that we hear in our world, whether they're through the circumstances that we face, whether they're through people that talk to us, we should always measure that by the Scripture, by what God has already said. Because we can know something. We can know this for sure. God's Word will always be right. Heavenly Father, this is a lesson that David and Saul needed to Understand so much so that you let them experience the very same situation, not once but twice. This was so significant for both of these men. Saul needed to understand, he needed to trust you, and David needed to understand the very same thing. And something that would be very painful for him later in his life when he forgets it. So God, you put this in the scripture twice for a reason. We need to hear this. We desperately need your word. So help us to do that as we face circumstances in life, as we, we listen to the, the voices of the people around us. God, has, help us always to measure those by the authority of your word. 
to look at the things that are directing us in life and make sure that we are in line with what your word has always said. Because your word will always be right. Help us, Heavenly Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In just a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation. It's an opportunity for you to respond to what God's doing in your life this morning. Maybe you're here and for the first time you've recognized your need for God in your life. And, and maybe you're describing that in a lot of different ways. Maybe you're thinking about it. If there's something missing in my life. I can't figure out what it is. Maybe you, you, you heard the gospel presented to you by a friend. Or maybe you saw it on television. Maybe you read about it in the scripture. And you said, well, I need that in my life. But I don't really know how to do that. What's that all about? We want to help you this morning with the most important decision that you'll ever make. And, and as with everything else, it's right here in the Bible what you need to do. And, and we want to show that to you. Now, ordinarily, we would invite you to come here to the front. We can't do that because of the virus situation. But we do have a way for you to indicate to us that that's something that God is dealing in your heart about. And we want to help you with it. If you're here with us in person, there are some cards there in the pew racks before you. They have a place where you can put down some contact information. Then there's a box that you can check. It says, I want to follow Jesus. Just check that box and drop it in one of the baskets as you exit out of the auditorium this morning. We'll be in touch with you to, to talk over with you, just what the Bible says. We'll, we'll, we'll show you where to find those verses that simply describe how we all need Christ. We're all sinners. We've all turned away from Him. We're all separated from what we desperately need in God. But Jesus Christ has done exactly what we need. He paid the price on the cross. He took our sin on Himself. And then He rose again. He's alive right now, which means that He can be our Lord and Savior. And we'll help you understand what that means, how you can trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. Just, just let us know about it. If you're watching us online, you can do the same thing. There's an online version of the very same card that's here at church. If you're watching on Facebook, the link's right up there at the top of the uh, comment section. If you're watching on our website, it's right there at the bottom, just under the video. The link is nationalheights.org backslash hello. If you'll just click on that link, it'll take you right to a connection card where you can give us some contact information. And again, just check that box. Because I want to follow Jesus. We'll be in touch with you. Maybe there's some other way that God's dealing in your heart this morning. Maybe you're looking for a church home, a place where you could be a part of what God is doing. We, we would love for you to be a part of what God's doing here at National Heights. And again, there's a place for you to indicate that either on the physical card or on the electronic card that you want some more information about being a part of our church. Maybe there's some other ways that God is leading you in your life. Maybe you've got a prayer need, something you'd like us to join with you in prayer. Uh, on the reverse side of the cards, the physical cards that are here are right at the very bottom of the electronic card. There's a place where you can uh, write in your prayer request. And we'll be glad to be praying with you in the days to come. Whatever it is, in whatever way God is leading you today, you listen. Respond to His call in your life as we sing together.